Hi, you guys. Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs. Doug Diamond is here, and we're on Lost Arts Radio. This is Lost Arts Radio Live, and this is the version where we still can pretty much say most of what we want. And um, if you notice, there's a safe stream version that is keeping us on one of the other major platforms that was giving us warnings that we were being too, too evil to continue and we would have to be eliminated. And we got put on probation, and we're, I, I think we're either back or we're almost back, one or the other. And so on the other version of the show, we call it the Safe Stream Show. It airs a half an hour before this one. And we try to give you a feeling for what we want to talk about, but um, in a way that could never offend or bother anybody that you couldn't possibly imagine. So as you might be able to figure out from that, there's not a whole lot I can say. But we try to give um, at least a feeling of of what the subject matter is. And then when we get to this uh, full version, that at the moment doesn't have to be like that, um, we can give you more of the detail. And, And I think... There's always so, since we're, you know, we don't have this big crew, we're making it possible to have all this information like every day, which I would love to be able to do, but I don't know how to make any better use of the time yet. I'm finding myself racing through 16-hour days every day, and it's like I can't even get to what needs to be done in full, so I'm trying to learn to do better with that, but... What I brought to share with you this time, as usual, more than we really have time to cover, but some of it we can get to. And the the image that I had is um, a slow motion car wreck. I I did get to mention that on the SafeStream version. And it's like watching uh, a slow motion car crash and wanting to stop it from happening because you don't want the people to be all torn up and, you know, be better for that not to happen. I, I tend to per, uh, prefer harmony and everybody being okay. It's really that simple. That's why I feel like we have to do as whatever we can to stop this car crash, and that's what I see going on in this in the world right now. It's what makes uh, <clears throat> what makes it reasonable, I guess, for Doctor Doctor Greer, Doctor Stephen Greer to call this uh, a level zero situa- uh, civilization. And that's the kind that is intent on its own self-destruction. And it's not quite that simple because it's not the society that's driving the destruction. It's a small organized group at the top of a pyramid-shaped power structure. And they've been working on this for at least the last several thousand years, maybe a lot more. And um, they're, they're scared because they're always scared. They live in fear and they worship fear. And basically darkness, in the spiritual sense, darkness is fear as opposed to love. I, and there's a lot that you could say about that. But they live in the darkness realm and they worship it. And their idea of a goal is to merge into that permanently which they're not going to get to do because who they really are is going to be pulling them in another direction. But for the moment, um, 
that's who they think they are, and they're trying to take all of us with them. And the form that that's taking is this slow-motion car crash image that I was mentioning. And um, it's happening in a lot of different ways. You know, I was talking to people during the week in a lot of different parts of the world, and they were all saying, well, no, this is the most important issue happening right now. They all consider themselves completely awake because they understand that whatever issue they're focused on has the potential and the intent, some of them know that, to wipe out humanity. And some of them understand that it's to wipe out all life on the planet. And so they're upset with me because I won't just look at one single issue and say all the others are irrelevant because they're all coming from the same source. They're all they're all clearly um, engineered and designed and intended to wipe out humanity and, and all life on the on Earth, which I don't think is a great plan. I think we should do the opposite and make this place as beautiful as we possibly can on the physical realm. It's just a brief stopover on the on the way to where we're actually going. But it's important, and what happens here matters, even though in a way... It's a dream, but it's a realistic dream, and you experience it as reality while you're here. So I want it to be a good dream. That's just my preference. And right now, it's going in the other direction. There are signs of awakening all over the world, which is great and inspiring and encouraging and sometimes exciting and all that. I I just saw, uh, we, we put up news articles and videos almost every day at lostartsradio.com. There's no charge for it or anything. It's free. It's just so that, you know, a lot of people that I talk to, they want to escape from the mainstream media, but they actually don't know, you know, where to go. And they're saying, well, if I believe this source, then what about that source that says the opposite? And they think it's a matter of um, choosing a source and just believing whatever they say. And they don't understand that we have our own inherent consciousness. We are consciousness, awareness, and we're made out of the essence of life and the image of God and all the depth of what that means. We're not these costumes that we walk around in. And if you even understand that part, you know that things like fighting over race or gender or uh, age groups or socioeconomic groups or money or nationality those are just really dumb <laughs> you know that's about the stupid one of the stupidest things that people could do and we're not doing it by random chance we're being led into it and in the world right now uh, one of the most powerful complicit agents in doing all that is the criminal media that we've got the media is the whole organization, and there's a lot of people working in the media, millions and millions of them actually working in mainstream media around the world. And I was just, you know, there's so many examples. I mean, we could talk about one of these points for hours, but uh, one of the news stories I, I remember gathering during the week was in India, where the villagers, you know, they're supposed to be these dumb villagers, they don't even have um, 
all the trappings and complexity of the major inner cities. They're just living close to the land. In, I've been in some of those villages in India. Incredibly beautiful, actually, out in the desert and the people not living in script. Of course, when I was there, I guess this was a while back, and people didn't have smartphones and computers, but in these villages, one some that I went to that they'd never even seen anybody from the western part of the world, and they were really curious, but they were kind of living like normal people, growing their food. They, in this village, they almost uh, made everything that they used. They made their own rope, grew all their own food, made their own clothes. I mean, it's what modern society, specialized society would say, primitive, you know, superstitious, out of touch. Uh, they didn't even have a bookstore. Amazon hadn't gotten going at that point. They still had these things called bookstores and uh, private uh, manufacturers of things. This this really happened in the old days prior to consolidating everything into a few giant suppliers. This was back in those days. And those people would look at you and they weren't distracted and say, oh, sorry, got to answer my, my smartphone. I'll talk to you again in a second. That wasn't what was happening. They were actually present. And the kids were out playing in the fields and it was safe. Nobody was killing anybody. Uh, they used uh, camels and oxen to plow the field. This wasn't in the 1300s. This was, uh, when was it? What year? I guess the last time I was there was around uh, in the 1990s. And uh, it was incredibly beautiful. So those people are not necessarily these backward, dumb people that the TV might want you to think. They still have some connection to nature. And they look at you and they see who you are. And um, I enjoyed the time there. But this week, uh, I was seeing... Uh, a news story, and it was on one of the Western-style uh, modern media outlets in India. And there was this lady, all you know, dressed up in fancy clothes, and at, with the right facial expression and the right tone of voice and the right sense of authority. And she was saying, "And these villagers, they were so, you know, incredibly. I mean, basically, what she was saying is they were idiots." And why were they idiots? Because somebody, a team from the National Center to inject them all with something to save them from a horrible pandemic that you've probably heard of. We got this pandemic going on on this planet right now, except it's not what you're told it is. And if you mention that or question it, you, anything could happen to you um, in our level zero civilization. Anyway, this team, they call it a team, it's actually a team of assassins. And the villagers were not idiots. And they saw, oh, this is a team of assassins. They want to, here's what they want to do, it's unbelievable. But they want to stick this hollow needle into our bodies, including the children that trust, you know, authority even more than we do. And then they, they have this little plunger-like thing on these, behind the needle, and they the um, it's it 
empties out the contents, which are liquid. And normally, this has been a superstitious practice that started about 1796 in, in England. There was this guy named Jenner who needed to be a doctor, so understandably, he did what you would do if you want to be a doctor. He paid $25 for a diploma, and then he was a doctor, and he started this currently amazingly popular superstitious practice of injecting diseased tissue into people to make sure they never got sick. And if you were a visitor to Earth from someplace that actually was intelligent, you would say, wait, let's go over that again. Tell me that, you know, the middle part about the poison in, in this container and this plunger pushing it through a hollow needle into a person to keep them healthy. You're kidding, right? And the, what the people of that civilization would tell you, no, we are not kidding. Um, we really believe this will keep us healthy. And when we all get sick from it, and a lot of us die, then we know that it would have been much worse if we hadn't done that first. This is a mental disorder that's very widespread. It's not the fault of the people who have this condition. They've been, you know, programmed in a very sophisticated way for decades and decades to get this to happen. And in fact, uh, in America, where this practice was adopted on a large scale, because it's, well, two reasons. One is it's really profitable. I mean, the doctors that are trained to accept this and think that it's really brilliant, they actually do it to children on purpose, and they charge the parents money to do that to the kids. It's unbelievable. I mean, how that could ever happen, it, as I say, a visitor from a place where they still have sane people would say, no, I mean, forget it. That would never happen. No civilization would ever adopt that. So back to the, the story that I started with. These people in India, the, you know, dumb villagers, they, they saw this team coming. And what kind of a team was it? It was a team that had these hollow needles. They make a lot of them now. Their factories make millions of them. And these little things, um, I'm not going to mention the name. But you know what they are. They're made out of plastic. They're hollow. You can fill them up with whatever poisonous mixture you want to with unbelievable ingredients. And then they've got this plunger thing on the the other end. And when you push it down, all of that liquid poison goes into the person through the hollow needle. It's so so ridiculous and horrible, you would never think that anybody would actually fall for that. And not only put up with it, but think it was going to keep them healthy. And I know really smart people who say, yes, it's based on science. It's based on a really amazing theory, and it's totally valid. And if they just didn't put these poisons in there and they just used, what do they call it? Well, I don't want to get too specific, but a weakened pathogen, let's call it that. I think that's pretty safe to say. Then, yeah, the science is fantastic. Your body recognizes it, learns how to 
protect against it and then you're immune. And when you look at the actual data and the actual claims of eradicating diseases, diseases because they block them with this procedure and you say, oh, wait a minute. The graph of the disease going down was already done before they started doing this thing. And a lot of times starting to do this superstitious plunger type procedure made a little blip and the diseases went up for a while but stabilized out after that too. So the eradication that they claim credit for in every case was done before they started doing it. If you can grasp that, it has implications. So why is this still being done? Because this, the real scientists are, are plenty smart to understand this in about two minutes. It's not that they can't figure it out. They can figure it out. It's just that some of them, and, and this applies not only to doctors, but people in other professions, if you're a doctor or a teacher or a law enforcement person or a military person or um, a scientist working in a lab developing what you think is medicine, but it's actually toxic chemicals, that there's an authority that says, okay, this toxic chemical is now officially a medicine. People are not dumb enough to fall for that. Almost nobody is. But they go along with it because there are rewards for going along with it. And there are penalties for a question, even not just disagreeing you know, fully, but just questioning, just asking questions. There's punishment that comes with that. So um, we have this whole society now of all these different professions and they're willing to do what they at least subconsciously know is absolutely evil as long as they can get a paycheck and keep their job, have a lot of uh, support from the power structure, a lot of perks and benefits, so-called health insurance, which a lot of it is anything but health. Actually, it's injecting more kinds of toxins and the whole system, even if it, we're not talking about the injection part, it, there are chemists that work in, in laboratories, and their job is to develop new medicine for the drug companies. And we have had contact with some, one in particular that was working, and he was really smart, he was a smart man. And he want, was in there to help people, which many of the people working for those corporations are in all kinds of corporations. And so he, he worked really diligently to come up with chemicals, which would be called candidate drugs, because they would help reduce the suffering from a certain kind of sickness. They almost never cured it. And cure is really out of fashion now. It's mostly managing diseases. Because if you cure them, then you lose the business after that. And if you manage it, you get business forever. So he would come up with uh, candidate drugs that he had put a lot of effort into, and they did very little damage to the person taking them. 
and the company would never accept his candidate drugs and eventually was going to retire. And he said, um, I worked so hard to come up with the best potential medicines for you in the candidate drugs. Why did you never accept it? And they just laughed and they said, you didn't understand unless there's a suitable they put it in these words. They say, unless there's a suitable side effect profile, then we're not interested. It's a bad business model. <clears throat> so how does that have to do, what does that have to do with these people in the village in India? They had a team coming with the hollow needles and the plungers and these little plastic things already pre-filled with the usual poisons that have been put in there since uh both before 1800, when Jenner was active, starting this particular superstition. But with a new version that is meant to pr- protect you, well, except it doesn't really. They don't even claim it anymore. But most people believe that it's to protect us against getting this horrible pandemic disease. And the makers of those injections say that, no, it doesn't. And they've done a fake test to prove that it makes the symptoms a little bit better. But the test is completely fake. This is, even, even the people exposing this don't realize, most of them, the depth of complete falsehood of the whole thing. They talk about the test having false positives and false negatives. That's technically inaccurate. Because to have false positives or false negatives, it has to be a test for something. <clears throat> it isn't a test. It, it's, and high-level scientists have verified that this is correct, <clears throat> that it's basically a high-tech magnifying glass. If there's a little piece of genetic material of any type that you're looking for in some tissue of someone, you know, like they can test you to see if you're positive or negative. This will um, magnify that so it looks like a really big deal. It has nothing to do with saying whether you have a disease. It's not checking for the specific organism connected with the disease, mainly because they have no standard, no sample of the organism to test it against. They, They don't have any at all. CDC, who's considered God in America and most of the world, said they, they don't have any samples of the what they call the virus. Sorry, they, there aren't any. So how did they do this sequencing? And I'd love to have somebody uh, come on the show and explain how they supposedly isolated and sequenced and dis- described this virus because there's a lot of really good people that say they've done that but no evidence that I've been able to find that they did. And and several other doctors and scientists have told me, uh, no, they didn't. What they did is they got pieces out of a culture from a sick person who was obviously sick and respiratory distress and you know the, couldn't get oxygen out of the air, whatever that causes that because there's no test for it. And they took that organism from a sample of the fluid of that person's lungs or saliva or something like that and they sent it through a centrifuge and some other processes and they found out 
that there were these little pieces of material in there. And they said, oh, that must be from the deadly virus, and but it's only pieces. So, and they didn't know what it was from anyway. They just assumed that. And so what did they do with that? According to the doctors that I've talked to, they made up the rest. You know, this long chain of defining DNA and everything that's going to identify that particular exact virus. They never had it, even though some labs are saying they've sequenced it. What they've done is they've used uh, parts of it that were picked up by the PCR operation, which is not for diagnosis, and they filled in the rest with computers. And they said, there it is. And that's why they don't have a sample at CDC or anywhere where obviously they should have it. They should have it fully isolated, uh, subject to being examined by electron microscope. And then they should have taken, you know, in line with what's called the Koch's postulates. Actually, that's for bacteria, but they adapt the Koch's postulates for viruses using something called reverse postulates. And, and they're supposed to isolate that complete virus out of a person who's sick, not just little bits of genetic debris, and then I purify it, describe it, make sure you know exactly what it is, and then put it into a healthy person and watch it create the same disease. That was never done. This is like a big deal. And apparently, according to the people who have looked into this the most, this has never been done for any virus. That's why Tom Cowan, Dr. Tom Cowan, who was on our show, very humble, great person, I thought, not trying to impress you with all his credentials, he says, call me Tom. And he said they've never done this for a virus before. Now, if your job is to censor that so nobody finds out, think about it, what you're doing. Because if you hide this information, people could indirectly die from it, from not being able to understand and get to it. It's very serious. It should be exposed everywhere. I mean, the, the leaders of the uh, social media platforms and the big tech platforms they should be saying, how can we get this to everybody on the planet? So these villagers in India, the team was coming to inject them with the poison that they were carrying, which had nothing to do with the actual isolated virus because CDC doesn't have that. And they were going to inject the people, including the children. And the villagers didn't think that was a very good idea. And instead of running away, uh, I didn't see the detail, but they beat up the team, and the team had to run away. And so the major news media in India went on the air and said, you know, these crazy villagers, for some reason, they think people are actually dying who get this injection. How crazy is that? It must be because they don't have PhDs or public health uh, degrees or things like that. And what they didn't mention on the uh, Indian television network is that huge numbers of people are dying from getting these injections. Not every, it looks like one in a few thousand, but given how many they're giving, uh, that's a lot of people. 
and to figure it out how many are dying are being killed by the injection one way to do it is to look at VAERS vaccine adverse event reporting system and it's estimated that maybe one percent or less of the people who actually get killed or injured from the injection report it to VAERS because the doctors don't help them do that most of them don't know it exists most of the doctors say, oh, it's not related. It can't possibly be from a vaccine injury. And they're asking it not to be reported. So that's why it's 1% to 10% in that particular database. And even with that, in America, it's now higher than the, the casualties of people who died in 9-11. It's approaching 5,000. And if it's 1%, of the real injuries and deaths. Well, that's a death figure. So if it's 1% of the real death figure, then that means that um, 500,000 people, half a million, may have been killed by this injection so far. And it's just beginning. It's only a few months into it. And people say, well, you know, it's terrible that it hasn't been approved, but it's not going to change it by approving it. There's all kinds of approved uh, injectable and oral uh, medicines that have killed lots and lots of people, and they're approved. And there was a great uh, paper that you can look up by Dr. Gary Knoll and Carolyn Dean. Dr. Carolyn Dean. Carolyn's a medical doctor, if I remember right, and Gary Knoll is a PhD. You can find this paper right away. There's a couple of versions of it. It's called Death by Medicine. And what it figures, and this is way before the pandemic and all that, they were saying that about a million people a year are murdered by medicine in the U.S. by uh, appropriate, uh, legally approved standard of care procedures. And it's getting much higher now, thanks to the pandemic. Not because of the pandemic, but because of what they're doing to people to supposedly prevent it and at the same time saying that this injection won't prevent anything. The only thing that it supposedly prevents is that the symptoms aren't quite as bad. And this they verify by using the PCR procedure, which is not a diagnosis for anything. So it's such a complete and total scam that most people can't imagine or grasp that it could be possible. But that's what's going on. And these villagers uh, thought that that was not a good idea and they chased the team away. So the television was saying how bad the villagers were. Um, That's one aspect by which we're moving toward this car crash. It's where if everybody gets injected, which they're trying to do over the entire planet, You guys who are in charge of censoring this information, you need to look at this too because it affects you, it affects your kids, it affects everybody. And some people are saying not only is it not approved, it's not tested. This is false because the SARS-CoV-1 virus, which is supposedly very similar, uh, they tried over and over again making vaccines for that, which they did test on animal models. And the animals died. And that's usually not a good sign when you're checking a new 
injectable medicine. So that's why they skipped it this time, because it would have probably shown the same thing. And the animals didn't die mostly right away. There, there are some that did. Most of them died in a matter of months later on because their immune systems were primed for something called ADE, which is antibody-dependent enhancement. And what it means is if you get in the presence of what they're thinking is a wild virus and you've had your system altered by the injection, then your system goes crazy and it over-responds in a dramatic way and you, you die from that. So that's what they're planning on. That's what they know about. There, there's no question when they say that it's safe. Um, they're saying that so that you'll take it, not because it's true. And the problem is that it's almost impossible to get this information out. A lot of people, if they if they heard it, they're so programmed anyway that they wouldn't believe it. They'd say, no, that's impossible. That's just uh, crazy talk. But it's not. It's based on the government statistics, and it shows what's really happening. So when you look at the slow-motion car crash that needs to be stopped and reversed right, right away, we actually have the ability to do that, and we're not supposed to know it. It would, it would entail our becoming self-aware, self-conscious. It's like, remember in the first uh, Terminator movie, they were describing what the problem was and why, why the threat to humanity and the computers at that time. I think this movie was made in the 80s, the original one. And it was uh, that the computers became self-aware and they decided that humans were the, the enemy and they had to wipe out humans and that became their role. In this case, the, the plot is a little bit different. The question in the movie and how it's going to go is, will the humans become self-aware, self-aware like the computers did in the Terminator movie? Because right now, the vast, vast majority of the humans in this movie are not aware of who they are. And so the power structure is doing anything they can to keep us from finding out. And what they want is to buy time. It's very important to understand this. Uh, by keeping us unaware and sick, not able to become awake in the real sense, they're buying themselves time to, to work on the extermination agenda for the, for the planet. And as far as I can tell, only the top level of their power structure knows about that because if, they, if the servants of it knew it, they would revolt against the program right away because they would know that they're scheduled for elimination. And as it is, they think that if they pay uh, close attention and obedience to their bosses, that they're going to be in a position of power and authority and basically they'll be the elite remnant after all of us are out of the way. That was never the plan of the bosses. They intend to kill everybody. But they let their servants think that because it motivates them to try to get rid of us without making a problem. At the higher levels, which Ronald Bernard and other people have talked about, actually Ronald talked about the beginning of the high levels of banking in, uh, I think he was in Holland, I'm not absolutely sure. And 
he got into the level where, yeah, the money was happening and they were doing all these deals of hundreds of billions of dollars around the world, financing both sides of wars, all kinds of things. And they told Ronald that if you want to be successful in this field, that you have to put your conscious in, conscience into the deep freeze. And uh, Ronald Bernard thought that was just kind of a funny figure of speech, but it turned out to be completely accurate. And he got invited to the higher banking levels where they have satanic services and they kill kids and they do things that are very unpleasant to talk about. And the Indians in the uh, village had a sense that that was true. And so they were going to make sure it didn't happen in their village. So, but this is going on worldwide. It's getting ready to happen in America. And uh, in Canada, which has been much freer in the past, they are clubbing people in the streets who don't stay in their houses for these lockdowns and curfews and who question the authorities imposing these things. That's become criminal. And all over the Western world now, in countries that used to have some respect for free speech, they're just obliterating it in the name of a medical emergency which doesn't exist. And a very serious situation. This is about the slow motion car crash that I'm talking about. And the people who are following along with it are doing it out of a blind sense of trust and authority, which we've been trained to have since we were little kids. And the people who are actually doing the enforcing, they they believe because of their education that they're helping save the world from a disease. Goebbels and other people working for the Third Reich said that if you tell a big enough lie... Everybody will believe it. And if you tell small lies, that people will say, oh, I don't think that's true, and they'll see through it. And you'll be not able to get the uh, deception across that you really want to. And so Gerbil said, tell the biggest lie that you possibly can, and people will not be able to imagine that that big of a lie would have been possible. Same thing is happening worldwide right now, certainly in America and in most of the world. And what they're doing is saying all this stuff like you've heard of, like millions and millions of people dying. And then what they, what they do to make that happen or appear to happen is that they take other death categories like flu, for example. You know, a huge number of people have died from the flu shot. And they take those flu deaths and they say, Well, actually, now we know that this is not flu, this is COVID-19. And so they're labeling it all COVID-19, which makes it possible to say, this is, um, you know, a terrible pandemic and we have to give up our freedoms and do anything that we're told to do in order to stop it. It's urgent. So set aside your personal beliefs and what you want your aspirations and your desires and everything in your life set those aside because we need to take care of the whole and then people get injected with this poisonous mixture and a lot of them die but most of the animals remember died much later in the um, experiment months later which equates to years in humans 
So it's expected that there will be a lot of deaths within about two to three years from the new vaccine, which is way beyond the other vaccines. And the other vaccines, you know, I couldn't find any evidence at all that any of them prevented disease or had any benefits whatsoever. And to get a little more context in that, I recommend you reading the books by uh, Suzanne Humphreys and Tim O'Shea, both very brave doctors. Anything by them that you can find, get on their mailing list. They're great people. And in fact, there are great people now showing up all over the world that are realizing what we're talking about is true. And they're saying, wait a minute, you're setting up billions of people to die when this injection has its effect of the antibody-dependent enhancement. It's not misinformation. It's the truth. And it comes right from the scientists and from even some of the departments are saying, yeah, this is true. And antibody-dependent enhancement, which is the suicidal response of the body after being injected, that it gets from encountering the wild virus is enough to kill billions of people and they're trying to inject everybody on the planet. So this is a slow motion car wreck. And at the same time as they're doing that, which is the most immediately visible attack or part of the attack, they're continuing the other major parts of the attack, any one of which could wipe out life on the planet as well. One of which is that in spite of the fact that we're being that we've been trained all our lives to believe it's not true. There are fleets of aircraft globally in the air that are spraying toxic mixes on the whole planet. It's really quite amazing, but the recipe they're using now is for a slow kill, and so you don't see people just dropping dead from it. It's a poisoning campaign. It's also to disrupt the weather patterns so that people can panic about global warming and climate change, and it's very good at that. I remember working with one of the really great researchers in geoengineering named Dane Wigington. And we watched the California drought be caused by these fleets of aircraft that, you know, in California, they get their rain off the Pacific Ocean. Either the North Pacific or the South Pacific, depending on whether it's a cold storm or a warm storm. And it's a beautiful system because all summer it stays pretty dry and it's great for growing fruit and all kinds of food, many different crops. And then in the late fall, they start getting the storms that come in off the ocean and produce all this rain. The year that I was there working with Dane, we watched the storms coming in and then fleets of aircraft would come in and they'd spray what we didn't know what it was at the time. It was primarily uh, toxic metals like aluminum, barium, and strontium. And we found out from uh, other sources that there were cross-domain bacteria put in there. And the only purpose I can see to that is to make people sick and to promote degenerative disease and all that. So we didn't know we were involved in that. But the main program is to spray this poison all over the world. So the people that are saying that that's the main issue, I don't disagree. It's a strong enough issue um, 
to wipe out life on the planet. And so is telecommunication and Wi-Fi technology. This is also part of the slow motion uh, crash of the car that we can avoid. Because these frequencies are chosen to be weaponized. And the frequencies that are emitted by the cell phone and the smart meter and the computer and the tablet and all these things and the baby monitors that are radiating a signal out to be picked up so they can transmit a picture. These are very deadly things and they need to be eliminated from the world. And they're part of the car crash and it's really hard to tell what is the one bigger issue than all of them. And I think the message of it is that we don't have to figure that out. They're all coming from the same source. The source that is sending all of these negative programs has to be stopped. And I'm not suggesting violence at all. I'm actually suggesting something completely different, which we'll get to it if we have time. And if not, we'll talk about it next time. But consciousness needs to spread. The only reason that they can do this to all of us now is we're oblivious. Like with the geoengineering, we look at the sky and say, oh, what nice clouds, because we're not used to spending a few minutes to see that those clouds come out of nozzles mounted on the wings of aircraft and they don't disperse generally. They hang around for a long time. And once you get uh, saturated with one of those and you start breathing it, then uh, that can have really serious consequences. The pesticide issue is another one that's critically important and arguably one of the top issues in the world right now. Uh, pesticides and other kinds of pollution. And Rachel Carson, you remember, wrote a book about that. And I've had numerous uh, conser- conservative people come and say, you know, that I was really completely ridiculous to point out these environmental issues that Rachel Carson had did that. And it was all a scam. But it's not a scam. It's a... a t- I'd say it's an assault with a lethal weapon, uh, meaning the pesticides and the chemical herbicides and things like atrazine that's sprayed all over the food crops, and it causes gender confusion in animals. It causes physical change between the normal birth sex over another one, uh, behavioral destruction and stuff like that. And uh, it's very important to know about that. So... The fact that we're absorbing all these chemicals are not in the environment by chance. They're all getting approval to be out there by EPA and the other corresponding agencies in different countries. So the actors need to wake up and realize who they are, that they're not the characters. The reason they have such a hard time doing that, and you can see it now with the public health people, they've been in school for a long time. And a lot of them end up with masters of public health degrees in university. And they've spent a lot of money and time to get those degrees. And the idea that they're all based on false information is emotionally almost impossible for people who have been through that program to uh, even look at. So what happens is they repeat what they've memorized in public health school. And just like repeating safe and effective, and then they go out and they try to force people 
to do these things that are definitely not safe and effective. One of one of the ones that many of our guests have mentioned is wearing these masks. And they've if you look at them with a microscope, the mask has holes in it that are tremendously bigger than any virus, and they can let it pass right through. I mean, even other things, and they've shown demonstrated some of these masks trying to keep out dust particles, and they fail at that as well. So um, all of this stuff is being pushed on people through brainwashing, and the people who enforce it are brainwashed to think that they're serving the interest of public health and actually helping to save the world from horrible diseases. I, I interact a lot with these people in the academic world, and they absolutely believe that. And it's not their fault. And they've been brainwashed by the educational system and by the media, just like the rest of us. So um, where is that coming from for them? Well, they have bosses above them that are telling them what to do, what to believe, what to think, how to act, what are the um, safety measures to put in place. If they obey like the government health authorities, if they obey them, then they get perks, they get lots of money, they get guaranteed jobs, they get the excitement of uh, telling other people what to do so they feel very powerful. These are strong incentives, and they're really hard to break. Um, and it's, it's the same in so many different areas. It's not just the injections, it's not just the geoengineering, it's not just the GMOs, um, the farmers have been growing food since way before the 1990s when GMOs came out on a big scale. And they've been growing the food with poison. Atrazine, like I mentioned, and DDT at one time, being advertised as safe and effective for getting rid of insects and other things around children. And they showed commercials of the children playing in clouds of DDT that were being sprayed by um, these spray trucks in various countries, especially in South America. And then they found out, oh, well, um, sorry about the safe for kids thing. It's actually deadly. And we're all dealing with that uh, every day, pretty much. And so um, it's an experiment that you don't want to be part of. You don't want to let your kids be part of it. I don't, you know, if... They're going to try to make it so that it's impossible to avoid, but I don't think it will be. Um, the geoengineering is pretty hard to avoid, but there are even energy field technologies. Uh, one of one very well-known one that we've been telling people about is called the Home Shield, and it's made by uh, FreshAndAlive.com. They have a small version called a Rest Shield that keeps these electromagnetic frequencies away when you're especially when you're sleeping and I've also used it uh, when I had to be driving in a brand new rented car and the car has terrible EMF fields and so I I took the um, rest shield which is a small version from freshandalive.com put an adapter on it so that it would plug directly into what they call, used to call the cigarette lighter because people were driving all around in the car smoking cigarettes and various things. 
so the rest shield does work. I, I experienced a radical change in how I was feeling uh, driving in one of these high-tech, high-wireless cars. And I just adapted it, as I say, to plug into low-volt power, and it worked completely well. Uh, but the home shield is a bigger one. I'm not promoting it to get money. We're not getting money from almost any kind of commercial right now. This is just because I don't want it to be uh, dishonest in any way. I've been working with the Home Shield for and the Rest Shield for more than five years at this point. Both of them obtained from FreshAndAlive.com. And the Home Shield is supposed to be uh, successfully modifying weather in a good way, kind of the opposite of, of geoengineering. You know, harmonizing out storms so they don't do too much damage, calming down really horrendous wind patterns, uh, droughts, things like that. And you can get these freshandalive.com home shields and rest shields at that website. And Ken Rolla is there and he has a private group again, which is recommended to get into. And it's very cheap. It's a one time little payment to get into it. And then uh, it's trying to get more legal cover so that he doesn't have the group shut down. And he's doing a lot of incredibly good work, freshandalive.com. And in addition to getting rid of the Wi-Fi in your own home, which I recommend doing right away with an Ethernet cable connection to your laptop. And if you've got devices that um, can't plug into an Ethernet cable and they're only Wi-Fi and you have no choice, I'd get rid of them. You don't want to throw it away or recycle it, donate it to uh, some form of charity, not to schools because they need to be keeping the stuff away from the children, but uh, from somebody who will use it, who's not open to learning about why uh, weaponized radiation is a really bad thing. So that's one of the good things happening is there are inventors like Ken Rolla that are um, designing things that are made to overcome the pollution from wireless technologies and other things like that. And some of them can be very effective. Um, almost none of the medical intervention would be necessary with occasional use of natural remedies when needed. And just everyday lifestyle, including eating and drinking and all this exercising and grounding and sunlight and all these things that you have to have. If we just did that, changed our daily habits, your health would be changed dramatically. And we, from what I can tell, and you have to see if you agree with this and check with your own doctor to tell you what drugs to take and everything, this is a disclaimer. But what I've been able to find out in more than 50 years of investigating this kind of stuff, that almost no, serv almost no services from doctors are needed. Depend the uh, emergency response teams are important and good, but most of the work in the health aspect of modern medicine is completely counterproductive. And we need to start something completely different. Um, what else did I want to say? 
simple lifestyle changes are mostly enough to do everything. And, you know, just to remind you, the physical and the spiritual and the emotional and the mental levels all work together. They're not separated. And so, for example, in the 1960s, there was a great health teacher named Paul Bragg who taught people a lot about fasting, for example. And he got permission back then to go into a prison and try to help inmates. I don't know if they were on death row. That's right before they get the death penalty or if they're just in life in prison. I'm not sure. But he spent a little time looking at their files and absorbing what they were involved in and their attitude and their lifestyle and everything. And he was able to um, bring in a new way of eating in the prison and feed them organic, fresh food, fresh whole food. And just by doing that and giving them, I think he also gave them non-fluoridated, non-chemicalized water. And within a few months, most of the criminals in there who were really nasty characters before had totally changed their personality. And they had decided that uh, they wanted to do something useful and beneficial and kind to other people in society. And so when they were let out, that's what they did. And a lot of the people in the who stayed, who didn't go into the field for that, but who were at, at the main offices, they helped them do the same thing, which is educate people about the need for uh, knowledge of how to live in the physical world because it's a very alien environment from who we are. We can do it smoothly, completely, but not without some help. And so these people were looking for that guidance and they got it. Um, so many things is the same thing. Talking about um, the economic destruction that's happening on purpose right now with these lockdowns and then it's being blamed on a virus. But the virus is not destroying businesses or anything like that. People's well-being in their life, it's the lockdowns. And so it's another example of the same globally unified program to break down society. And I'm saying that out of all the potential remedies for it, in my mind, you're the walking around remedy now. And it's a matter of becoming conscious. And once you do that, the whole game is over. Because the bad guys have no ability to stand against that. So it would be a thing to learn about. And one of the first ways you can do that is getting involved in some kind of meditation, which actually affects the physical body. It really helps it uh, with longevity and health and immune system and the whole thing. And learn everything you can about getting your physical health back. And then we get into other aspects, which we don't have time to now because we're out of time. But mental and emotional health and spiritual health are also critical. And it's the only way that I see at this point, not only to transform your own life, do your own New Year's resolution in the middle of the year, that you're actually going to keep and learn how to keep yourself in good condition all the time and do it because it becomes a demonstration for other people. And you can do it not only with your physical body, but with your consciousness as well. And other people seeing that will follow your example. 
Um, time's gone by really fast, so I just need to let you know that about the Sunday show, 6 and 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific and Eastern U.S. time, and available all over the world when wherever uh, the Internet is, is accessible. And then we've, we've got the Sunday show, and you can stay in touch with where to see that on lostartsradio.com, but it's still on quite a few major platforms, although heavily shadow banned in most places. And then um, archives in several of these platforms are available if you want to see a show that's not up to the minute. And I think um, we're going to start seeing some real amazing contention between the forces that want everybody injected with something that actually changes their DNA in a very damaging way to, to produce an antigen. That means a disease-causing mechanism that your own system is going to be programmed to start producing. So avoiding that would be a really good idea, essential for life, basically. And then helping. what we're working on now is trying to help people who already have gotten themselves in, injected and fell for the uh, programming. We need to help them recover from that impingement on their DNA and on their immune system. And at this point, I think it's still definitely possible. So no need to be upset. Really, that's something that's misunderstood. People think in order to get this stopped, we have to be upset. We have to be falling apart. We have to be just going crazy. That's not true. And in fact, your judgment is really compromised by doing that. So I'm suggesting a um, centered, calm approach where we really look at what's happening, find out about independent media, how to get your real news. And a lot of that is on lostartsradio.com every day. And uh, what the message, a lot of the message of that is you're the key to the survival and the future of the world. So be a demonstration, get your health back. Um, be kind to everybody, do things just to help people, not because you want something back. And um, amazing, magical things can happen in your life as a result. The first one of which I hope for is to deactivate all of these remaining programs that are trying to damage people with their injections. There are much better ways to do things, and I think you know about a lot of them. So take care of yourself first as a priority because if you don't do that you're not very useful to anybody else learn everything you can um, again you're the demonstration and then after that people will come to you you won't have to say well how can I convince somebody of something you have to bring the harmony into yourself you know work on what has to be changed but not from a position of imbalance or hatred or anything like that, because that clouds your vision and you can't go very far. And then gradually, other people will see you and wake up to doing the same thing in themselves and will change the whole energetic atmosphere of the planet. It's a, like a, you can almost call it a positive analog of geoengineering because it helps the whole environment, brings up energy levels, um, makes it possible for us to support each other and it's a really good thing so um, the encouragement is take care of yourself stay in good shape learn everything you can 
that way you're a demonstration and inspiration to other people and uh, check out the guests that we have like on the Sunday show uh, a doctor will be back that has been banned a lot on the internet and she'll be on the show tomorrow night so 6 o'clock Pacific 9 o'clock Eastern we're going to meet you there and whether you make it or not make sure you hear the archive Support us at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio or the donate button simply at lostartsradio.com. And then we'll look forward to seeing you here next time. And uh, don't let the uh, developments in the world get you discouraged because what you put out in your emotional state is totally up to you. It's not up to what's happening around you. And then the one that's more focused starts to spread. And that's the beginning of the real recovery from the old situation and bringing the new normal back, not the one in the Great Reset, which is enslavement and extermination, but the real one. And you're the representative of that. So thank you for being here with us in the middle of uh, all this interesting adventure. And uh, please take care of yourself. Spend time in meditation and grounding and sunlight and exercise and Good food, not junk food, not convenience food, unless it's whole and organic. And your kids will take that example from you as well. Stay in touch. Let us know what you think. Subjects for future shows, guests, anything that you want to give feedback, Richard at LostArtsRadio.com or technical parts, Doug at LostArtsRadio.com. And we'll meet you here next time. Have a good week and maybe we'll see you tomorrow too. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. 
They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.